Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 78 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode, well, it's pretty simple. It's called Dragon Age Review Part 1. Um, finally, I had everybody that was involved with the Dragon Age campaign to be around and record uh, their thoughts. This is part one. It goes over uh, everybody's character from level one to ten. But before we get into that, and before I do a really smooth transition, let me just go over the intro. Uh, again, this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave me a comment, let me know what you think of the episode, stuff like that. Or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, drop me a line there, uh, let me know what you think of the show. If you want me to read it over the air, I will. If not, I won't. And you can find me on iTunes. Go there, like, subscribe, give me all the cool stuff there, you know, uh, give me a review. Uh, I don't know um, how many people are actually listening to the show. All the back end stuff is in beta right now. But um, anyway, um, I'm about to do an incredibly smooth transition, uh, which is basically just the music you just heard when this started, and we will get to everybody talking about what they thought about an amazing person I am. Just kidding. Uh, But we're going to go over, there's uh, people there that were in the campaign, and we're going to go over just the beginning part of the campaign. Next week will be the conclusion of it. Uh, This is the longest podcast that has ever been recorded that I've done, of course, but there was other people there. So Enjoy. So finally, I have two of the three people that play Dragon Age with me. I ran the game. It took us about a year. Uh, do you, Jesse, you were the one that played the Warrior Galron. Do you remember when you sent me an email uh, with your backstory of your character? It was, I remember it was, in, it was in the end of March. It was like March, basically the end of March. And you... Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember the day exactly or anything like that. But yeah. I remember like the content, like more or less. Well, I want you to talk about that because I, you never played anything. Remember, you never, or you told me you never played any. Yeah, that that was the first like D and D type game I've ever played, uh, ever. Pretty mm. sure. So yeah, it was a new, brand new experience for me. Um, never done something like that before, and so yeah, I kind of went into. It. Did you like? Did you like it? Did you like doing it? I mean, obviously oh, yeah. you're playing it again, but yeah, it was so, enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's um, the whole trying to figure out your character, like RPing with the NPCs and like figuring things out is a interesting experience when it's like in, you're in person, you're not like playing a game through a scenario, but you are the character in that game. Yeah. And that's sort of what I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, it. I mean, for me, it was difficult because... Uh, I hadn't played in so long uh, anything. And even running it, I was really nervous. And I think, Martin, you came in much later, but you played you played the Rogue, you played Jane, and but you you played a lot of stuff. You played with your nephews. I think you and I played D&D one time years ago, but I know you played more... Uh, you played other stuff before and everything. Yeah, I've, I've played before... Um... I know that we played a, a few things in the past with, uh, I think we tried a Star, a Star Wars campaign a while back, long time oh, that's ago, right. and uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, I remember yeah, we, did, we, we actually did D&D together, 
And that was the first time I ever saw how terrible your dice rolls are. Where you would talk a bunch of crap at the table, and then I'd watch you roll, and you'd roll like a one or a two. And I'd be like, that was... And you're like, this is going to happen all night. I remember you telling me, this is what this is, and this is happening all night. Um, See, and that's why I've always wanted to play that one character. You know, the, you're the big, mighty character. And with my roles, you know, uh, it, it would be comical to see how just epic fails would go up go on um, and I, th- I think that would be a lot of fun but yeah recently my nephew showed a lot of interest in playing so I just I just rolled up a campaign for everybody just a random off the cuff and, yeah you told me about that that actually sounded really fun how you like came up with it which actually brings me up a question um, do you want to be a DM more I'm not putting you on the spot to like do something right now I'm just saying did it like light a fire in you to be like oh that's something I want to do more or was it too much where you're like I never I never want to do this again no, not at all. I, I think that there's something to telling a story, and that's exactly what it is. Um, I, I think for people, when it comes to uh, role-playing, uh, they think that, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or something like it, and it's just this, this evil type thing, but they don't realize that it's no different than watching a Lord of the Rings or a Star Wars movie or your your, your rom-com. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Somebody just created a yep. story. I mean, you, you, you just... So, yeah, you, you get to act out, you're just sitting down a lot more than the other actors are in, like, a movie or a play or something, but... Yeah, and Jesse... Yeah, you're, no, I loved it. Yeah, Jesse, you're running something, actually, right now in uh, the D&D thing, and it's your first time running something. Do you, do you like it, or do you find it way... Because I saw you playing a lot. You showed me some of your documents, and I was like, wow, he put a yeah. lot of... We, we had to, like, we There's had a, to... Yeah, we had to check his magical items that he wanted to be incredibly powerful. It's like, Wow. It's a, it's a little too over OP. Yeah, so it's um, uh, I like the whole story aspect. Um, like you create, uh, well, I like to create the world, and then I let the players sort of pick a story for themselves. Like they can either be, you know, the hobbits going with a ring, or they can decide to be, you know, Sauron and uh, try to take over everything. I guess, or, you know. But so it's it's had all these sort of different scenarios in my mind going through when I'm trying to figure out what it is so building up that story takes a long time and like just generating that world in your mind a little bit took a long time uh but yeah i i enjoy it it, it is the first i only done it twice now and um it's definitely different yeah well especially when a random thing where i remember in our campaign where i was actually playing and then another character said i want to go buy something what's the shopkeeper's name and you're like oh uh that's a really good question random list of names over here yeah yeah then you assign it that's the shopkeeper now (laughs) yeah and then and then you got to keep track of that but that kind of reminds me what i went through with the dragon age thing because like i said i hadn't played in a long time and this was the quiz that i mentioned before we started recording that martin said he had a quiz for me and now he doesn't remember that quiz the quiz what he was going to say was he said what did you actually have planned and what was ad-libbed? That was the quiz. That was so he, the quiz. He was going to ask me after these things, and I actually wrote, uh, I printed out the notes. So, like, just to quickly run through this, um, we did have a session zero, which I, I did research, and we would do this before, but I've never heard it called a session zero. And to be honest, like, we started running our D&D campaign, and we did not have one of those. And I think it's really important to get everybody literally on the same page of, hey, this is what I want to do. You know, I don't want to railroad you guys into one decision of a character, but this is the world I'm crafting. If if it's a world of paladins, 
Um, you and everybody in the group decides to be paladins. You being the evildoer that wants to kill a city probably doesn't mesh. Um, or it could. That would be kind of interesting. But I think everybody has to kind of come to an agreement when you're playing a game like that. Of like, this is what we're doing. And I think we had a new player, which I don't want to put it on him because he has a different style than everybody. But uh, it's important to make sure. Because even with this Dragon Age thing, everybody seemed to be kind of like keen on the idea course jesse had never played before so he was kind of like well whatever sure i mean whatever you want to do um martin had played a little bit and he and i basically just pitched martin's character to him because my character that i was playing the campaign i said yeah he's got a brother and then later i pitched that to martin like do you want to play his younger brother and he said oh yeah that'd be cool so i pretty much handed martin his character in a way which is not probably what you want to do but i want to say this about jesse i was very surprised when i got your original email which i didn't read or i mean i read but i didn't print out for this but i remember you saying <laughs> that sounded funny but i remember hold you on, hold on a second hold on before you keep going you said i didn't read it at all did not i didn't read it all i mean i read I, I i didn't print it out for this but i read it at the time and i remember uh you're you pitching your character as the might is right you basically said yeah. The my like yeah. my my word is is my bond. Might is right. If you don't follow me, you will be burned. Basically, you know, um, it was basically yeah. that was yeah, his yeah. philosophy. And I gotta say, it was good to see you role play because you pretty much did not do that the whole campaign unless you were in combat. That was when people were basically trampled under your foot. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I, uh, when I was doing RP, I'd keep that sort of thing in mind. Like, you're just quick to anger, um, quick to, uh, you know, use violence as your lever to get through whatever that, you know, NPC thing. But whatever discussion that, that was taking place. So I did try to do that sometimes, but sometimes no. it wasn't like... Yeah, I don't think yeah. it was bad. I think it was something where it happens to everybody. Like, even me, I come up with ideas for characters, and then you start playing, and you're like, he wouldn't, he or she or whatever, they wouldn't say that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, that's why I don't really like the background thing in D&D because, I mean, unless it's really broad, because you could read that and go, oh yeah, like my sage is different than this sage or like my street urchin is different than this street urchin, you know? Like it, it does, like you prove through playing that it does change, you know, that it doesn't stay the same. So yeah. even though you had this might is right thing, you kind of like you understood that like through battle that's true but like you did side with people and help them and you kind of i mean you didn't feel like i mean obviously there was things going on in the story but you didn't really did you feel forced like hey you can only go to town a you can't go to town b like that's a big deal with role playing is you don't you don't want the you want to give the players enough options that you know they did you feel like that at all or uh, no, I didn't feel like, I mean, I know for a fact we went to places you didn't expect us to no, go. No, yeah, that is very true, that is very yeah. true. <laughs> we were like, well, we're going to have to end this session then, because uh, I have to make that time. Um, so, so no, we, we did go to places, um, so I didn't, like, feel railroaded or anything like that. Uh, like, my critiques or whatever are minor, and I told you about them during the session, I think. Yeah, right? and we, we tried to, I tried to, which was true, like, because I hadn't played in a while, the ramp was kind of low, you know what I mean? It was kind of a, the bunny slope of ramps, because I, yeah. one, I wanted to tell the story, and I didn't want to kill anybody, because I've had terrible things when, you know, when I my characters have died, where you feel like yeah. you've been robbed, oh, 
in like yeah. level five where you have this whole story set up and they don't even make it past the first you know whatever <laughs> i know i feel yeah i feel bad for martin though because like you know me just like martin me handing you your character like i don't know if you felt like it was good i mean obviously you agreed to do it but like did you end up actually liking jane or uh you know he I, obviously my character was his brother so you had a little bit of a bond there but like you know, you, you played several rogues, and I will say for this, your roles were actually really good. So you were actually able to back up. And then I think you know that if you started trash-talking, it wouldn't work out. So you just started stabbing people, which I think is probably a better thing for a rogue to do, which is just to stab people. Well, I will, yes. As a certain type of rogue, you'd stab people. That's mm-hmm. my job. But I will say that although you gave me the character, you didn't you didn't give me the, the full character. You gave me the character sheet. I rolled them up, and you told me like a little bit of the backstory, but you gave me free reign to do with it as I pleased. So although you, you pitched the idea, um, you didn't actually just give me the character and be like, this is what you're going to do, stick to this mm-hmm. script, you know, that sort of thing. So there was a lot of freedom there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought that uh, the idea was really good. Um, I haven't played a rogue in a while, so that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed uh, the the mystery behind it because nobody actually really knew my real name, you know? So, oh, yeah, well, you probably wait, because the other player will be joining us later in the call, supposedly, but... Uh, do you want to wait till then? And you can tell him he, Martin had a real name. Jane was yeah. his uh, handle, that and was my, yeah, that was my real name. and it was like me just coming up with him. Or no, you came up with it, and then I was like, that kind of makes sense. Like his character isn't going to tell everybody his name, right? You know? And that's why it was funny because on top of that, you were going right, hey Jane, yeah. You know? <laughs> and then and my character being his brother just ribbed him because he knows his real name. It's like why? Are, oh, okay, you know, like you kind of figured out like okay, and then he that's why he would, he'd say his name all the time with a smile like. Jane, come here, you know, like you, like it just, like it didn't annoy him, he got it, but he's like, ah, but okay, so let's actually go over the campaign, um, <laughs> well, I'm glad you're happy, you know, I, like I said, handing your character, I felt bad, because it was like, man, like, we actually sat down and upgraded your stats, because you came in mid-campaign, and we leveled you up, and that kind of, like, fast-paced leveling of, like, now you're level one, now you're level two, and roll, you know, and, like, Sometimes you could feel like it gets lost a little bit. But I think you went the other way where you kind of reveled it where you said, yeah, like I want to do this. And it was like through leveling up instead of at the beginning you having a concept for your character. I think it was like through the leveling process you're like, okay, okay, so this opens this up and then I can do this, which is really interesting. And that's something else I did in the campaign that I've never done. With D&D and stuff, we always gave XP and we talked about it in our new D&D campaign. But I really like the Dragon Age like the milestone leveling, which is in D&D 5th edition. But I like the milestone leveling here because it's really like chapters in a story and you can decide how long those chapters are or short. And then you can decide if people, you know, get when they get skills or when they level up and then they, they can still decide their skills and get used to them. And that's still a balance is trying to figure out how long do you want to keep the chapter going? For me, it's not a bunch of boxes that are ticked. Like, okay, they've had seven combat encounters and two story encounters. Now they're level nine. It's like, okay, so this part of the story, this is where they should be, you know? So I didn't want anybody to go in under-leveled without the ability. You know, because actually I think there was some good sieges, which I think I forgot one in the rundown. Martin and I were talking about it. But we'll go over 
So, like, in Session Zero, everybody kind of went over their characters. Uh, Jesse actually sent me an email with backstory, which was cool. Uh, Todd, the mage, did it just over conversation, um, which was fine. But it was kind of before the session. Martin, I pitched the idea later. Uh, but I had it growing in my head. I didn't know if he was going to be available or not. In Chapter 1, I don't know if Jesse remembers this. Um, well, we went over the backstory stuff. But the mage was coming into town... And it was like a podunk, uh, as Jesse said in our D&D campaign, a Walmart and a gas station, medieval town. Um, and uh, it was basically like Todd was going there because he heard they had good, um, he, he, they had some knowledge there in books. He's a mage. He was kind of a greedy mage. He wanted to learn more information. He went into town with a merchant. Jesse was there, and there was already, between the two factions, the Ferelden and the Orlesians in Dragon Age, there was kind of like a cold war because they had both taken over each other's land several times. And the Orlesians were kind of uh, refugees. And Jesse had gone there. I think you were just traveling, right? Your character was just traveling. Yeah. And it was like the first yeah. place you came upon. Yeah, he's a, a country blumpkin that was living deep in the woods. And he just came out. He's like, all right, I'm uh, going to go find my destiny kind of thing. And so he was just wandering around. Yeah, and then, and then you came into town. And uh, immediately, well, not immediately, but the mage went into town with a merchant, and that merchant turned into a human bomb and, like, went up to somebody and exploded and killed a bunch of the soldiers in town. So that obviously animates everybody in town to figure out what's going on. They arrested a mage that was talking to the player character uh, to the other mage, and so they got upset. They arrested um, the player character and killed the other mage. And then you just, Jesse's character, just started ordering people around, which I thought was a crazy thing of him never playing a role-playing game before when people are coming back. Every, everything's chaotic. I'm describing the scene. And Jesse just starts ordering soldiers around. And since you were Quinari, I mean, you're seven feet seven tall. Feet. And yeah. you, you had their arm. I think you stole their armor. So they thought, or you joined the army. That's right. You, I, I, you, yeah, you conscripted. And uh, I had some armor with me, but not... I, I mean, I had some of their uniform, like a tabard maybe on. And I, yeah, I just started ordering people around because everyone was panicked. No one was doing anything. So I was like, okay, you go do this, you go do that. And I was just like, this is a problem, and we'll fix it. Right. And, and then and was, you... I forget what your initial thing of Lucius was. I don't know if you... Uh, he, he was in... He was like in the tavern. Well, something. he was arrested, if I remember right, or at least he... He, he knew about that other mage or talked to him. And so yeah. I think they kind of took, since they were close to each other, they kind of arrested both of them. And you, did you let him go? That's one thing I don't remember. I don't remember if you let him go. We, yeah, so I did an interrogation with the soldiers, and the soldiers did the motivational part. And then um, the we found out through uh, Todd's character, Lucius, that, you know, that was the, that was the mage at fault or whatever, you know, conducted the thing and he we executed him yeah right yeah, yeah. And, and then my character killed him immediately uh and then <laughs> we decided to let the other one go so, so yeah i guess my, my character is like very he's not evil in any way but he is he's very quick to violence like once the once violence is going to be the end result then that's the first step he takes sort of the thing uh character like personality wise anyway but so yeah and then we let him go and then I ordered the wounded bound up and then ordered them to the nearest outpost 
they were like, okay, and I'm like, who are you? It's like, oh, I just, I'm the new recruit. I just joined. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, they, well, they were very scared of you, so they were like, oh, I don't want to, you know. They were probably, you were probably hired five minutes before them, so you had five minutes seniority on there. Because great right. parents, so they, they again, then, and then I remember you guys basically left the town, and then that was when the first real weird thing happened where I made you go to a spooky town. Uh, you guys, uh, you met you met up with Heron to go to another town when I introduced my character, and nobody could get in this refugee camp, but he flashed an Orlesian coin, which basically meant that this camp was uh, basically nice to Orlesians because it was their land and their, because you were down south, that was their land, and they felt bad, so they let you guys in. And then from there, he kind of met you guys and talked to you guys, and then just hung around a little bit, I think. And then you guys, if I remember right, left what I have in my notes. You guys left and you went to like a town where everybody, you, you started hearing rumors about these things called the, um, the, elven, the, the, the elven bastards that were burning places. And like there was bounties on them and everything. And everybody was like, if you get an elf head, it's, you know, 20 gold for, per elf head or whatever. And so immediately Jesse's eyes got really big and he got excited that he could uh, kill a bunch of elves. Um... And remember I said, like, every um, place you went to was burned or there was ash somewhere. And so you guys were traveling along, along the road at night and you found a town and you went in and they had a tavern and people were partying. And then uh, the mage, Lucius, went off and found, like, one of the horses was basically, like, undead, like, half skeletal and half whatever. And then you, everybody was drinking at the bar. You stole some elven heads from some guys at the bar. Um, cause you thought you were gonna, you thought you were gonna, like, I'll get the bounty or whatever. And you, yeah, we were, we were, let's see, the blackened, blackened the elven bastards. Yeah. They were, and they were going around burning stuff. So yeah, we had, it was like a gold ahead right here. And, uh, yeah, so we, we killed some. So, so there's an event before this. There's an event where we were in a town that was raided. Oh, that's right. Them. Okay. And, and then we we killed a few, or you know, and then uh, escaped essentially over the back walls because they kind of surrounded that. That's right. That's right. And we got out there, and then we were kind of working our way back to the main fort to turn in our two or three heads that we had, and then um, then yeah, we ended up to this other town, and that's where Heron sort of disappeared. Uh, for a while and yeah in there and I didn't I didn't want my guy to be a crutch to constantly tell you guys what to do and I remember him just saying hey don't don't drink anything here I got a bad sense about this place and I think uh -huh. Lucius did I think you didn't but I think Lucius was like I don't care it was like buying drinks at the bar and everything yeah and, yeah. Uh, and then you took heads I remember you took heads from people at the bar because they didn't understand there was a bounty or something and you yeah, were like, yeah, "Oh, fine. I'm taking." You're like, "Can I just have these or something?" You got in a talk with one of the more. guys. Yeah, and the guy's yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, I don't care. You know, they're dumb yeah, elf heads. I don't." Yeah. Okay, so then we had, and Lucius had that bag, and I had three in my bag, and um, and then I wandered out, and then found Lucius stayed in the bar the whole time. Pretty sure. Yeah. Well, he, he had ventured out to see some of the other, but then he oh, came yeah. back in the bar and was like, uh, like the old Scooby-Doo thing of like, <laughs> like tugging on your, you know, like, it's really weird out there. Don't go out there like that type of thing. Um, and then you guys started to see that it was undead and that, like somebody went, it was either you or him or maybe together. 
you went to the barracks and you saw that like there was undead guardsmen in town that were like zombies and yep. and there was like a mist and you're like we we gotta get out of here and you guys just like ran out of town and then once you left town well, well kind of I mean, so what we tried to do is set it on fire oh, I that's tried it. to set the stables on fire I tried to set the barracks on fire and then the bar yeah Martin's very... laughing right now for the audio yeah. says he can't he's <laughs> Martin's holding <laughs> yeah I think we realized that Gowron's whole thing is like there's he's a hammer in the world and there's just a lot of nails laying around that he could like that was his that was his one go to of like yeah he was he was not happy about that situation not happy being duped and wasn't gonna have it you know yeah and so then you you when you left the town. You checked your bag, and all the elf heads had rotted. Yeah, it was like just a sack full of worms. Yeah, and then you realize that, like, I think it was like the next town you went to. You realize that, like, basically this was the site of an old battle, and it was like cursed, basically, like this spot Uh, that you had gone to, something like that, is what I remember. Like somebody told you a story, and you you were just really upset that you couldn't get the. Like, you didn't care about the ghosts or any of the story implications. You were just mad you couldn't get the gold from them. You're like, well, yeah, right, but, I mean, for the bones, they'll give me money. And they're like, no. And you're like, man. Um, it's like, they are elf heads. They're just really old. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so we, then. We were very poor. I think, yeah, there was, there was either a siege or you saw some soldiers that were, like, the Chantry. And you guys didn't really know what was going on. And then you came up. If I remember right, you came upon a town. And there was, uh, there were, the townspeople were being led into a mine. And so that happened way later. Okay. Uh, so what happened next, we went back to the main town to turn in our elf heads, found out there, which is haha, you know, there's not, oh, you, you did the thing? Cool. We're not going to pay anything. Oh, that's right. They screwed you guys over. And then so you that, got really mad because you were like, you posted a sign. Like you were like. You guys made it official and you ripped me off. I remember that, yeah. And essentially the hatred of the Chantry started then and it never went down and it only got worse. Increased. Yeah. As the Which Chantry. really helps the story when the Chantry is the main villains. When Je- Jesse's like, I'll burn, uh, you know, I'll burn Valroyo down in your dumb temple or, you know, like I'll burn it all down. Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, and they're helping the dark spot. I'm like, sure. Sure, it's a good thing. Everyone I just want. It'd be funny at the the end of the campaign ready. when we get to the end of the campaign. It would be funny if like they owed you for those elf heads like four gold. If you only would have taken four gold out of their coffer and been like, "We're done. I'm done." They paid me what they originally said. You know, you're like it's the principle. Like your character would be like, "It isn't about the gold. I just yeah. want what they originally owed me that they lied to me about." Yep, and uh, every chance during the campaign I had, I caught one of them, like, alone or a small group. Like, we would murder them all. Yeah, there was some alley murdering going on of that. I think think you maybe didn't understand the motivation behind that. You were like, oh, yeah, because they're the bad guys. But we were just like, no, they owe us for gold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you especially. I don't know if Lucius, if it was a big deal to him, but I know you especially. I I, I think it was, like, the third murder where I'm like, I think he's really still mad about the gold like he's he's got a grudge that they took the gold from him 
Yeah, Wait. and Lee shits like tortured people to death, and uh, so it was one of the Which, like a. If he joins the call, I want to talk about that because he keeps bringing that up. But there is a rule in there that says like you can't stack spells. So he's like, well, I want to basically make him incapacitated him and use a blood torture spell, and I'm like, well, you can't really do that. But I mean, I guess I could break the rules, but like, I guess he was right in saying like at like sixth level, I didn't want to give up. Uh, everything you know um, yeah, of yeah. the plot of but also yeah like he he was and plus he had just learned that torture spell that blood spell so you know he was he was unlearned in a way to like not be able to use it effectively so um, but right. yeah so then after all these little mini events I remember this is kind of the incident where you guys start to learn your specializations you go to this town the chantry is arresting people and putting them in the mines you guys get arrested and then go down to the mines and see um, the Darkspawn apparatus, which is like the brood mothers. I showed you pictures. They're basically creating Darkspawn. You see your people get turned into Darkspawn. There's humans getting turned into Darkspawn. And that is at least kind of when the story kicks off of Heron being interested in the, the wardens, but being like, like, I need to figure out what this is. And then you, like... I don't know, what was your character at this point? What were you thinking like after you saw that? Because you did read about the Reavers in the book and think that's cool, but I don't I don't remember why you're like, I need to go be a Reaver. Oh, I think I gave everybody a book or something that like you had looted and like you were reading it and it talked about your people being Reavers or something. Yeah, so it was a, uh, I forgot where we found it, but um, there's a book written in uh, Quinn, Quinari, and it just, spoke of a, a place where, you know, you become those things, uh, where you join an order for an old god or something like that, and uh, so I had interest in that, and it, and it was sort of a map. It was kind of like a uh, encoded map for Quinn, Quinari folk. Right. So and that's when you, that's when you sink, you, uh, there, were, there was like an X marks a spot type thing, because I said it was, if I remember the email, I said it was like ancient Quinari, so it took you a little bit to read it. You know, like it, like you had to actually study it. But there was a map there that basically had an X marks a spot. So that's when you got to the town, which we, we went back to as a hub a lot called Sanctuary, which I couldn't think of a better name. Um, but it was like you went there, you met these people called the Elders, which were your race, Quinari, but they had the blood of the ancient god in them and they could tra- train you to be a reaver, which I thought was pretty cool. Yes, yes. And uh, completely... So again, Martin, if we're going off your quiz... Uh, let's let's go through this. So when they met in the town and um, Todd was with a merchant and the merchant exploded to set, start the whole campaign, that was not planned at all. I just came up with that okay. in a second. Uh, I didn't know what Jesse was going to do with interrogating people, but he let Todd go, and I don't know if that was him thinking, I got to get move this along, or if he just thought, you know, we, we got the real guy, whatever. That moved that along. The things with the Chantry... Uh, I like them ripping you off because I like the Chantry being corrupt. I just like the idea. So I knew, I didn't know that was, like you said, it was going to be your main motivation, but it sure did work. I just thought you were going to be like, well, I'm going to kill that guy. But you're like, no, I'm going to kill everybody. So, and everyone you ever knew and everyone who loved you. Right. So the, the ghost, the ghost town wasn't planned. I didn't know you guys were going to go there on the road. I didn't plan that at all. It was just something where I was like, this needs to have like a horror thing. And like, as we were, you were walking on the road, I'm like, 
they need to have this like horror moment and then it kind of sets up the other thing that like these battles kind of leave a mark like you know what's happened on the land leaves a mark um you going to sanctuary was really the mines weren't planned i wasn't planned when you guys went to the mines i didn't plan that i came up with that when you guys went to that town uh i did know in a broad stroke way that i wanted you to see how they make darkspawn so by you going in the mines and seeing the brood mother and stuff like that that was a way to incorporate that like to be fair i did plan this campaign but like i tell martin i only do everything in really broad strokes because my famous line is i always tell martin if you plan four outcomes the players will do the fifth thing that you want them to do and so if you plan which is fine all those plans you make could just happen somewhere else right you know so you don't really waste time but like if you're trying to do an overarching narrative then i mean to plan especially combat encounters i need to definitely work more on because one i need to make them more challenging and two i don't want it to feel like i'm just throwing combat at people but i want people to feel good you know when they have combat and I don't want it to end with everybody, with all the enemies dying all the time, you know. Um, people can retreat. You can be outnumbered as well and have to retreat. You know, it's like that balancing act, you know. So I'm still trying to, even in d and I'm doing a lot of research online to, like, make that more flavorful and make everybody, it seems like everybody's having a good time, but uh, I just want to, you know, you want to get better at it. So, like, I'm reading stuff online for lore, and there's these people, uh, shout out to the Dungeon Dudes on uh, YouTube. They have a lot of great videos on mechanics as well as planning, and now they're having monthly uh, YouTube meetings where they talk about, they give advice to people, either DMs or players, and they also uh, read questions. So they're talking about campaigns and stuff like that. And so it's it's actually really informative, especially me being out of the game for a while, just doing this. And like I said, just broad stroking this campaign, and then hopefully it all coming together at the end. Uh, it was it was a terrible thing that I did, but like basically when you guys, when you, when Jesse and Lucius went off to train, that was when I could plan because I do like one on one solo uh, sessions with players because it helps widen their role playing, and then also they get to know their character more, and you feel like. I mean, it feels obviously more personal because it's one-on-one, but then you get that test of I'm testing my character to see if I can get through this, you know, like a gauntlet or a trial. Jesse's character literally had a gauntlet where he had to fight all of the elders. Uh, seven? Yeah. Elders, yeah. And then without seven. rest, without whatever, and then at the end, uh, a dragon burned you, but then you got their blood and you were able to heal, and then you became a reaver, which is pretty cool. Yep. So, so you said gauntlet, like literally gauntlet. So now I'm thinking about, you know, Jesse's running around with this metal glove on. Oh, yeah. with face. I think <laughs> you did punch a couple people with that, actually. Yeah, it was a lot of punching of the face. Well, you had a, uh, I always forget the name of it, but you, you had the, um, what do they call it when you just have armor on like one arm and that's your shield or whatever? Uh, mannequin. Yeah, mannequin. Yeah, mannequin, yeah. So you use that a lot, which I think like badass for your character, but... Yeah. Right. Well, that was the only thing that was not the only thing that was planned, but I, these were instead of in a broad stroke, it was like I want him to just fight because your whole character's thing was combat, and you actually got pretty low on hit points there. Which uh, I don't want to kill my characters, but I want to make it challenging. So that was actually challenging for you. And then uh, you know you got the blood of the god and became one of them. And I like the end of that. Where I didn't make you roll, but basically your character went berserk from drinking the blood of a dragon. 
and remember you woke up like a day later and had killed like the biggest bear near the oh, town. Yeah, it was yeah. like wearing his. That was your coat for the rest of the campaign. The and then everybody was patting you on the back. Like, I can't believe in, and you didn't have any weapons with you. You like ripped this bear apart basically. And everybody's like, man, that was crazy what you did. And you're like, what did I do? I don't remember what I did. I went insane <laughs> and I ripped a bear apart, you know? So. Yeah, that was, that was the fun part. Like, oh, all right, cool. I didn't have to, yeah, that's awesome. I do uh, like the idea of the town that it was more like a commune, too, because everybody had to contribute, right? So, like, um, you had to cut firewood or go hunt, or if they needed you to thatch a roof, people would just do it, because everybody left them alone, and they kind of realized, like, this is kind of a sweet gig. The Chantry yeah. came through a couple times, and Jesse was naturally an asshole to them, which was great. Cause he's like, you guys need to get out of here. Really, this is you're ruining our good vibe that we have going on here. But yeah, we came out there, and then the elders sort of backed me up, but I was already ready to throw down. It's like, all right, if it ends here, at least I'm gonna take some of you bastards with me. And yeah, was, yeah, totally fine with that. That was really that. I thought that part was really cool. Um, like I said, if the the uh, the uh, mage comes, I'll let him talk about his uh, side story. But his was planned. But like, I remember when we started the game. Uh, I said, you know, we'll never really do uh, adventures in the Fade because the Fade is weird and trippy and it's a dream world and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, like, lay down. I think I did four no, campaigns. Yeah, it's just boring. The Fade is, you know, if you've ever played any of the Dragon Age games and you actually go into the Fade, it's boring. It I mean, it's, it's not even fun. You know, things turn into, like, mice and stuff like that. It's just so boring. I didn't really care for it, so the, I'm glad that there wasn't any of that. The, well, you, no, there wasn't. There was with the mage. Well, because he had to make pledges to people and, like, ask for things in the Fade. Like the uh, allegiance to the flag? Well, yeah, there was yep. a pretty blood the, magic the flag that he pledged to. In the, um, but then, after that, you went to a keep, because, Jesse, that I remember you guys were asking, you guys were trying to find out what's going on because wasn't there like an army coming in and like setting up and you were like, what the hell's going on? And didn't you go with the elders and like hang out by the door? And that's when you ran back into Heron and he was officially a warden at this time or something? Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was like, it's a year-long campaign, so there's so many little events. Um, so yeah, we split up after we got out of the mines after that sort of, and that was a whole escape thing too. Yeah. Uh, it was quite a bit of things happened in those vines, and then we got out. Um, and then, yeah, we split off. We went into our own directions. Heron went to go, like, investigate more. I went to go get stronger, and so did Lucius. And then we agreed to meet back up at a Battle Royale. Yeah, uh, that's right. And then, and then that's where we all ended up, I think. I think, I, I think yeah, Heron I found, or came to me, and then I left with him. Well, what I remember is everybody, sta- I remember everybody standing outside the gates, and it was the first time you saw Heron, and he was with Duncan from the original game, and he was, uh, yeah. he was a warden, and they stood outside the gates for like three days, because it was like a thing of like, no, you're not going to wait us out, or we're going to wait you out. And then uh. I remember right outside the gate, they started going after Chantry that were corrupt, and they, they remember you dug a pit in the road, and you guys set up a trap for them, and then... Uh, Heron was like, kill him. And you're like, I like this new Heron. <laughs> he was so nice before, but now he like, just I wants... Was, I mean, I was gonna anyway, but I'm glad you're in support of it. Uh, yeah, you were like, my little my little boy has grown up. You we, were very we excited. Did like a, we did yeah. a recon mission and saw like their routes and such, and like when they go on patrol, and then we dug a trap for them, covered that up, and then we laid in wait. Like, we did some tactical stuff where we like planned this ambush yeah. And then we 
heat of the ambush, and we didn't even have to really roll because they just fell into the pit. Like, yeah, you're just you're just stabbing people who are trying to get out of a hole, so you're not missing, and they're they're also dying immediately. And uh, yeah, they're all dead. Well, I remember <laughs> I remember you not being challenged by that, but you liked the actual story part of it of yeah. like, oh yeah, screw these guys, you know, like that I don't, makes sense. yeah, like I don't. Yeah, like, and that was the thing, too, that I, talking about, like, when you guys did Sieges later, which I think this is about when you do, you don't start a Siege now, maybe it's around here, but, like, the idea was that, um, you know, uh, I tried to speed up Siege combat, you know, because you don't want to do a massive combat encounter for each combat, like, in a Siege, if you have a battlefield of 100 people, you don't want to do 25, whatever, you know. So now I now I recently see the other side of that window. So like for the player having long grueling sessions of combat that just go with you have to like move your character tactically, position them, and then you have like a certain like every enemy has hit points and then you're going through all that like that where where it would take it would, I mean if we would have done it slow way, it would have taken like three or four sessions to get through that one siege but that is really fun for the players but it's like not fun for the gm the gm's like no one's having fun this this is just taking too long but the players are <laughs> now you understand jesse yeah, now yeah. you understand because <laughs> i in my own campaign i realized like oh i need to speed up combat this this is it was so rough and i like i uh, and then i thought of like wait well when i was doing a dragon age we do the sieges i wanted to go through and and literally one by one go through and combat all 150 whatever people there was like i like all right here we well, go well th- that's when i came up with the ideas which i didn't call them anything but i've heard them called minions where you guys let's say are level 10 right and you're doing yeah. a siege everybody around you is level two because there's squires and stuff like that well one of your attacks is going to take someone's head so it was oh, yeah. the idea of no you make so many whatever, but you're still taking damage because you're literally in a crowd of combat. So people are stabbing and whatever, and you're killing. But So yeah. it was like every three kills, you took like two or three points of damage. Yep. So it was it like... Made, it made sense that one. So then it's like it speeds everything up, and you can... Like I can at least imagine in my mind... You just cleaving through people in combat, but you're getting stabbed and something's going through your armor. So you're getting nixed, but it's like death by a thousand cuts where even though you're killing, it's throws of enemies where, you know, a couple of turns in, you could be like, man, I'm down to like a third, you know, or like I'm a, I'm a third down to my hit points because I'm just in battle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And now I have this big lieutenant in front of me who, who I can't just brush away. And that's really your combats with that those main guys and then like uh, the minions in front of you yeah I really did do, like like okay you swing alright you hit okay you do this much damage that kills four of them yeah you, know, you, you just do a big overhand you know left yeah right and that, that was just like a homebrew rule I'm glad that you enjoyed Flash, it because it, it yeah, speeds because really it speeds up so much and like for me at least my mind goes to like these big sieges where like that warrior's just besieged by people and he's just cutting people down but like someone will stab him in the leg or something but he's still kind of like fighting through it and everything you know like that's at least what i imagine and then like you said you get to a lieutenant or a mini boss where the guy would see that you're obviously a threat and would square off against you and you're like oh man like i'm already 20 hit points down and i gotta fight this thing that's probably just fine you know what i mean like so and i and i actually took that so uh we haven't gone to a combat scenario in my 
dungeon with a swarm, but I, I took that and I, I made it into numbers, basically. So so now, in, in my dungeon, uh, we'll have the same thing, where you'll hit, roll the hit, and then you'll roll damage, and each opponent is actually just one hit point. Oh. And so that's the minions will just be like one hit point. So if you do 16 points of damage, like, oh, you uh, do like several sweeps of your sword or several blasts, so like your magic just plows through 16 of them or something like that, and uh, or maybe one or two you know, hit points. And then, and then yeah, same effect, but very quick, and then you just, you're just smashing through stuff. And then they're going to, they're, obviously I think the player should take a little bit of damage, probably not much, but a little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, they still fight back. Yeah, because that's what it is. You're literally in the swarm, you know, where everybody's swinging their weapons and everything, and you, you're going to get nicked by something, you know? So yeah. you guys, I remember you did this because this was actually included in the, uh, I feel bad for Martin, he's just sitting there listening, but uh, in the in the GM screen came the adventure that I did where you guys went to the deep roads and went underneath, because this yep. was like, uh, after the siege, you guys went in the deep roads to investigate what was going on. And um, I, I thought it was a good campaign. I did change some things, but I wanted you guys to end up at Ostagar, which was like the big keep, and that buttresses into the beginning of the original Dragon Age, where spoilers for a game that came out in like what two thousand and eight, uh, Duncan dies in the game. Uh, so you guys come out of the deep roads after this massive siege has happened at Ostagar, and Duncan's died. And I remember there was a funeral. It was kind of like downtime, where you guys the deep roads was fun. But it was supplied with the GM screen where you're trying to get the... Like, Heron's thing was he has a right of conscription being a warden. So he had to hand that over to the dwarves and be like, you're helping us. You guys were going there because you were getting paid to investigate what happened to the soldiers that went down there. Because it's basically a hole that the Darkspawn came up through. Yeah, so for that one, we went to another, like, I don't know, castle town for whatever reason. We were delivering something. Yeah, it was it was Castle Selwyn. I just remember that because it was the uh, supplied by the by the good people at Green Ronin Publishing uh, that printed uh, Dragon Age stuff. So yeah, we from wherever we were in Val Royale, Royale, and then we had some MacGuffin that took us to that place, uh, handed that in for reward, and then like met a friendly town, and then they want us to investigate some stuff. We were just asking the. Was it the Duke or no? It was the yeah, it was the Bane. He was like in charge Bane. of that area. Yeah, he, that's what they call him. He's like in charge of that. But he was really nice. It's a cool uh, name for an official. Position. Yeah, he had. Um, I mean, he had a bearskin thing like you did, so you probably had some camaraderie there. But I think that's when. So you went to the deep roads. There was a massive campaign there, which was really me just trying to get the money out of the GM screen of reading it, and plus I hadn't run um, an actual written campaign in a long time, so I wanted it. You know, I was like, yeah, let's read this and see the outcomes and see where this goes. You know, I want to see. And I like the structure of it, how you meet these people in the beginning that are dwarves that have been kicked out of the society. They do have whatever, but they refuse to go to the service, which dwarves are supposed to do when they get, the way I understand it, when dwarves get ostracized or exiled from the deep roads from the cities in there, they're supposed to go to the surface. You know, they're exiled from the deep roads, basically. And these people in the campaign wouldn't leave. They're like, no, we belong to this city, you know. But that was the thing is once you've been exiled, the king's word is law. So when you guys went through, fought some more Darkspawn, you met some of those stone golems that protect the inner workings of the king. They're like his inner guards. Like the people tried to come back and the golems literally just smashed their heads, you know. 
because they're not supposed to be there and they're now a threat, right? And and that's what the stone golems did. And I remember you and uh, the mage were kind of shocked. Like, you just, they just ripped these, and it's like, yeah, they're not supposed to be here. These people are ostracized. They're supposed to be gone, you know. Um, I, I, I do remember leaving all their stuff off the corpses, yeah. <laughs> I do like that your character has a massive encumbrance limit and just takes everything with them. He's like, are yeah. any of that, can I take any of that stuff? Can I take any of that stuff? What and, about I guess the armor's crushed your pulp. Did you want? Yeah, I'm gonna put that in my bag. Are yeah, you, uh, and then okay. you were always trying to find a blacksmith in town. I need you to melt all this down, and I have the materials. So you're gonna cut me a deal, right? You're always like with yeah. the, the smiths, like haggling. You're not haggling. You ain't doing. You're doing something wrong. Uh, yeah. No, it was great. And then, and then, then this is about. I think they have a funeral for Duncan when you guys come out of the deep roads at Ostagar. You guys kind of move on to another town, and this is another spooky thing I wanted to add. So this is where Jesse's character got really upset because he was trying to stab horses and stuff, and it was like the moonlight was affecting the horses, and you couldn't stab them, and you started getting very suspect of the town, and you're like yeah. not going inside. The Chantry was there. You didn't trust him because you're like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on. Like, you didn't get it. Yeah, so we were we're at this place, and then the chantry came in a big column, and uh, you know, in my mind, I'm like, all right, so they're gonna be in here. Well, let's separate them each, and then we'll cut them down. So I just decided to uh, stop their escape or, or partially stop that, so I'll kill some of their horses, and then some will have to walk out, so we'll get them first, and then you know, and then I was just sort of, I, it was just a let's figure out how to kill these guys one at a time and then that's didn't happen at all but uh yeah i tried to like cut a horse and it like wouldn't like and at, at that point that's where i had some criticism it was that town uh because because the agency of my character is like well i don't have like i can't kill this horse it's like i for whatever reason and i was like oh, yeah. I, I was i i i didn't understand at the time Actually, I still don't, because <laughs> the horse was invincible, and I was in a dream, but I also wasn't in a dream. Well, the, I, the idea but, was that it it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't meant to take agency away from your character, but again, it was basically the GM saying, okay, yeah, you're a hammer, but not everything is a nail. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. the idea that, like, Dragon Age is dark fantasy, so these Chantry have been doing things, which you guys see later, which we'll talk about later, but it's like... You guys have been seeing things and experiencing things that are kind of like out of their own possibility. It really happened. Those things are undead. Like they're doing these dark rituals with the dark spawn to like mix their blood. So like it's one of these things that like they were you guys heard about them later, but they were like heralds of like this is what we could do. You know, so it was like their weird kind of undead abilities of like there is uh creatures in there that you can only hurt with magical weapons just like D D. so it's like you were trying to just hit them with an axe it's like well that's not going to do anything like these creatures are powerful they're like the best of the army that you guys are fighting they're meant to show that like this is a these are the elite of the elite they're not even shock troops we're just showing off at this point like so you're a hammer but like we're just we're an anvil like there you're not gonna do not, anything you know what i mean like yeah it's not it's not gonna do anything i i feel bad if you felt that your agency was taking away but i wanted to up the stakes to be like hey man not again 
you're a hammer, but like not everything's a nail, you know, like you need to be like, Oh, this isn't working, you know? And that's when I remember you standing outside of the, uh, in not really wanting to go in because you didn't know what was going on and you were kind of like staring at the outside of the inn like you heard people laughing and and I don't know if you thought of the other town but it's like is this one of those other cursed towns that we're in or something like I don't know what's going on you know yeah I uh, forget what exactly so one of them I just left and I like made a camp in a camp oh yeah you were outside just like nope mm -mm." and I think that was actually later on this time I tried to go in and attack the main dude uh and and my character just stood there instead and then oh yeah because like, okay. they they basically use a spell on you uh like uh i don't know i mean I, I i it was legitimate i made you roll and all that but it's like it basically stops your movement or whatever you know it's basically what uh lucius does all the time when he fought because he had support spells you know he would do yeah, like a mind a, blast or something you got, you got a different memory so i have a memory of like drawing my weapon and like almost attacking this guy and then I came out of his like this dream state where I was just sort of standing there I was like okay I'm gonna go uh, hang out over here then yeah cause you so didn't like that, anything that was going that, on which I know Martin's like, been Martin's been very patient listening but uh this is when the first time I introduced Martin's character even yeah. though Martin wasn't in the session so Lucius was in the bar uh drinking alcohol and he saw someone that looked like Heron like a younger version of Heron and he's like what the hell so he went over there and started talking to Martin's character, and I played Martin's character for all of 30 minutes, where Lucius was trying to get all this information out of Martin's character, and Martin was like, I don't know you. And then he wouldn't talk to him, and then um, Martin was very brazen taking money. Like, he was basically talking about all this nefarious stuff that happened, and he took money at the bar, and he didn't mention it or anything. Like, he didn't try to hide it, and it really annoyed Lucius. It's because he didn't think any of these people were suspect, and he actually walked out, and he saw Jesse's character, but he didn't say anything. And you're like, hey, man, that place is crazy, and he's like, whatever, and walks out. So it was like the first time that Martin's character made an appearance, but you guys were like, what the heck? You know, that's weird. Um, And then, yeah, so like, none of that, not none of it, what wasn't planned was the... um, I wanted to introduce the idea of the Heralds. It was more of a broad stroke thing. But again, it was maybe not the most successful way. Again, this has been the first thing I'd ran in a long time. But I understood that your character, Jesse, was very combat focused. So it's like, well, what if I took that away and to see what you would do? I wanted to see what you would do, not to be mean or anything. But I was like, okay, you can't just kill these horses. Like, what's your what's the next thing you're going to do? You know? And, I mean, to your credit, you were like... Okay, well, I really need to study what's going on, and that's when you made a camp, like, outside town. Yeah, and you were, like, watching them come in and out. Again, I hadn't ran anything in a while. I probably could do it in a better way now. But it was just to show you that, uh, okay, cool. Like, you're a hammer. The world's a nail. But what if it wasn't a nail, you know? And, like, what if it was, like, so... But then you really started, like... I think really after this, you really started leaning on your abilities, which I really liked. You started leaning on your... I mean, it was during a siege, but you started using your Reaver abilities and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's like when you started really reading your character and like, what can I use? Which I thought was really cool. 
So yeah, I use, use whatever I could to, uh, and I also use my might a lot. My character's super strong. Yeah, it's there was a lot of pushing and whatever and stabbing. Yeah, shoving and that sort of thing. I realized like I didn't have to kill these people. I necessarily like we're on a, a rampart of a large castle or what have you on the walls and. Uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, a, I, I screwed that. I screwed off. that. There was one part that I screwed up, which I wanted to apologize where. You were trying to get the jump on someone and just, like, push him over the wall, and I didn't let you do it. Like, he actually, like, did, like, a quick draw and tried to stab you or something. Um, again, oh, yeah. I was just trying to... I wasn't trying to be an adversary. I was just trying to say, this is going to get a lot harder. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you're not just going to be able to punch everybody in the face, basically. You know, you like, you got to be like, oh, should I back up or whatever? Which you actually did after this, which I liked. So, But, yeah, again, I probably could have been better about it. And like it's uh, I don't remember him ever backing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this will probably because this is about ten levels, so we'll probably end uh, right here for this, and then uh, we'll come back and do like the next ten levels. And I want to have Martin, even though he's been very patiently waiting, uh, reading uh, something. I don't know, but he's been very patiently waiting, uh, and then we'll have him talk about his character, and then kind of from level ten to twenty is where he actually got to do stuff it wasn't just an npc in my head so uh yeah so again thanks for listening uh that was a very long talk um we were talking about uh, dragon age again and again the second part of the the uh, conversation will be up next week so it'll be part two they'll be going over level levels 11 through 20 so tune in there and uh, let me do the outro um so yeah again this is my podcast gaming with grief it'll hit my website www.gamewithgrief.com monday morning at 7 a.m go there let me know what you think of the show uh leave a comment below stuff like that or you can find me on itunes subscribe there at the gaming with grief podcast with joseph carlson or uh go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com drop me a line let me know you think there and i think with that i'm not going to do another intro or another outro music because i've done so many so far so you know you guys have a good week and i will see you next week for the conclusion bye